everyone. Welcome to the Pod on Point podcast, a show about sports, business, and the business of sports. My name is Vladimir Bosanets, coming in from the place where in one day you can see a troll, a flying fish, and stick a chewing gum to the wall and call it art. Seattle, Washington. <laughs> I, well, I just left me speechless on that opening there. This is Mike McPhee checking in from Denver, Colorado, just a mile high city. And this is Anand Punjabi coming to you from London, England, still the big smoke. Today on the Bottom Point Podcast, we're hitting episode 15. 15 contains the decimal digits 1 and 5, and is the result of adding together the integers from 1 to 5. So 1 plus 2 plus 3 plus 4 plus 5 equals 15. Mind-blowing. If that didn't do it for you, likely the rest of this episode will. We're going to kick off the discussion with wins and losses and a few quick items that we think are going to be interesting in the world of sports in the years to come. Then we're going to cover our two main stories for the week, which will focus on the impact of streaming in sports and how this technology and medium could change how we watch sports in the future. Finally, as predicted in our last show, there may be some early signs of a fissure within the NCAA. We're going to explore that and what the Knight Commission is recommending happens next. So stay tuned, adjust the volume to your device to medium, because we're going to be loud. The game is starting. All right, gents, I think we're back here. Vlad, um, I think you had your homeschooling hat on there as you gave us a little bit of some uh, integer work to, to kick us off. I appreciated that little... <laughs> cyber school, re- full on. Full on cyber school here. Ninth grade math. Very nice. What's happening in your guys' worlds in the sports world? Anything quick? Anything to kick us off? Well, uh, I know Barcelona got hammered again. <laughs> my Hoyas, my Georgetown Hoyas. What about the Hoyas? Tell me about the Hoyas. Well, they, they lost a couple and they finally won one. And, you know, not a, not a good kickoff of the season, unfortunately. But aren't these, aren't these the cupcake games and they lost cupcake games? They should be oh and God. they shouldn't be. Yes. <laughs> There's no Hoya paranoia out there, is there? Uh, no, 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 there isn't. No, there isn't. More like a loser Hoya no, right over now. Over here, everything is still as as normal. Barcelona is still getting hammered. Uh, Ronaldo has it over Messi. So, <laughs> yes, three zero yesterday. Big win. Business, business as usual. Big win. All right, gents. Well, let's uh, let's get into our wins and losses. We entered that a couple weeks back, where we were going to just talk briefly about a couple things that we want that we thought won, what lost. Right, more like a we like it, we dislike it. I'm going to kick us off with something I'm going to classify as a win. Uh, maybe you'd seen this out there in the world that Steph Curry is going to be ushering in a new brand with Under Armour, and he's been with them since 2013. But this is a focused Curry brand, and yeah. it just launched this week. And, and we know Steph, two-time MVP, three-time champ, been with uh, Under Armour since 13, as I said. Um, but this one seems to be a mission-driven brand with a tagline of change the game for good. Um, but you guys know this space. You've seen that Jordan brand around for a long time. That Jordan brand, for anybody that hasn't seen the, the numbers on this, it's about a $3.5 billion brand for Nike, represents about 10% of their yep. business. Yeah. So um, if that's the only other real marker in the athlete space of a pure brand for these big guys, I'd say uh, Curry's got a, a big mountain to climb. If that's his competition, uh, that's that's an incredible comp there for him to work towards. Yeah, I, I saw some commentary around like, you know, they're, they're going after the Jumpman, the Air Jordan brand. I, you know, I don't think these two are even the same ballpark, to be honest with you. Uh, well, first, I think Michael Jordan was such a, a much bigger global brand to begin yes. with when he was at, at the top of his, of, of his game. I'm sort of curious to see 
you know, how this evolves. Um, also, Curry is a bit of a, I wouldn't say a gamble, but, you know, he's sort of at the tail end of his career, right? I mean, the Warriors are definitely on the other end of their uh, accomplishments. I'm, I'm not thinking they're going to be winning a whole lot of championships with, with Curry there going forward. So um, it'll be interesting. Well, Nike, when did Nike pick up Jordan? Nike picked him up in his second year in the NBA, more or less. That's right. So they were, they were with him uh, through the long yeah. haul with him. And, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, he was only just getting started. And obviously, you know, he's unparalleled uh, in, in the world of basketball and, you know, in, in top two or three probably most recognized athletes of all time, certainly in the 20th century. So, of all time. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And 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 we should also we should also make it clear that this is this is I think this the second time that that an actually that an actual sub brand is being developed. There there are other kind of like branded products like LeBron and Kyrie Irving and yes. you know Kobe and 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 others. But Kevin but this Durant. is actually yep. a a separate sub brand that will be underneath Under Armour. And Under Armour has had its sort of you know set of challenges also. But anyway, we'll let. It'd be interesting to see how it goes. Yeah, I think there's some headwinds on this one. Under Armour's underperformed in recent years, so we'll see where where Steph can take his thing. So that was my win for the week. Yeah, yeah that's okay. a good win. Anand, good do you have win. a win? Uh, yes, I have a win. I guess a financial win for most of the teams in the, in the NBA. Uh, the NBA announced uh, that they were going to hand out uh, $900 million uh, in cash uh, spread out uh, equally, I believe, across uh, all the teams. Uh, yep. and was just digging around to see where all this money came from, and they issued uh, a couple of privately placed debt notes, okay. about sub-3%, short-term notes, five hmm. years. I guess the NBA is a fairly safe bet in terms of uh, the ability to pay off that coupon, and, uh, and, and they're good for the money. TV money is good, I guess. People will eventually start to get back uh, into stadiums and arenas. So yeah, let's hope. I guess they I guess the revenue is pretty predictable. Is that fair to say? More or less. Could be, probably. Yeah. The, the media side of it, the media side of it's going to, if they play the games, they'll get yeah. the money. Right. It's just a matter of what's open-ended on people in the building. Yeah. This is kind of interesting. Yeah. It, it, it yeah, it seemed to me it's, it's a little bit of a, of a kind of an NBA kind of raising money to give its own PPP loan. Right. But this is about 30 million each team that that they're going to this disperse it, it is it is a loan essentially so they have to pay it back it's not unusual uh from my understanding it looks like the nfl raised 1.7 billion earlier this yeah, summer that's right uh, sort of a similar kind of yeah. private longer placement. term debt, though. L- longer term yeah the yeah. this some of the commentary on the nba that i saw was this was for liquidity issues which kind of makes me wonder what's going on and we'll probably never know but clearly if it's for liquidity issues and 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 the comment for liquidity comes from the fact that it, that these were shorter term notes, right? That that's interesting, and and I'm curious to see, you know, what what this does. I, I don't know that we'll ever know, but clearly there's there's a lot of strain, right, on uh, on well, the sport. Yeah, I think one other angle is there may be some headline avoidance with this, is they don't want to read about one club having to withhold paychecks to staff. Um, and, and so that, cause that hurts the collective, right? It hurts the whole league if yeah, you get a exactly. headline out there. So maybe that's what part of this is too. Let's not have okay. any of those kind of sub minor issues, uh, hurt the whole if, league. If each team can do, I yeah. mean, as I understand each team can do, you know, however they, whatever they want to do with that money and deploy it, however they see fit. Hopefully it's not abused. I mean, $30 million, it's, it's not unreasonable money. I don't know how, you know, when, what the payback period would be. 
uh, to that. But I'm, I'm going to class that as a win. I think uh, cheap cheap yeah. money coming in right now, liquidity uh, has got to help help professional sports of you know taking a big hit. Well, I've got a win and a loss. Um, on my win column, I have uh, something called universal tennis rating or UTR or just universal tennis. It's actually a company out of the out of the Bay Area. They've um, they've been around for a little while, but they just announced earlier this week a uh, a pro tennis uh, tour, which is sort of interesting. It's run by a gentleman by the name of uh, Mark Leshley. He's the chairman and CEO. Uh, he's actually based in Palo Alto, California. He's a venture capitalist, uh, mm. former uh, ATP professional tennis player. Mm. Also, he was on the Danish Davis Cup team back in the day. But interestingly enough, you know, this is not his first kind of sports rodeo. He's the founding partner and owner of of a couple of sort of professional you know teams. Uh, one is a professional fighters league. He's a minority owner in the LA Football Club, the Major League Soccer team, sure. and also the Oklahoma City Dodgers, a AAA minor league baseball team. So he's he's around baseball, but what, what he's doing is kind of leveraging sort of what, what UTR, which is basically kind of a, a, a new ranking and rating system. And they're using that as a foundation to kind of launch this this league. They've raised uh, $20 million that they're going to spread over a three-year initiative with over, looks like 140 tennis tournaments yeah, across the yeah. world. And 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 so it's so it's interesting kind of how how they're looking at it. They're they're not changing the sport like uh, the Ultimate Tennis Showdown is uh, out of out of out of France. They're 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 changing the format of the of the tournament versus of the game. But it's 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 a win for me because something new, something innovative, and uh, we might actually have one of their people come and interview with us. So that that'll be something to follow. UTR UTR okay. has been around a while, like you said, Vlad, um, and they've done. I did a little bit of a reading on their history and some of their recent initiatives. And they're a very innovative company, I have to say. They started, yeah. I think this year, they started, uh, okay, you, we're just talking about the, the this new pro league, right, that they're talking about. They started an open league earlier this year, I think in April, April, May, something like that. It's actually pretty cool in that they're allowing any any organizers, any clubs, any high schools, any colleges to organize their tournaments. I mean, right. So this is the platform yeah, play. This right. is the platform, platform play where, play. where they oh, give cool. you a yeah, tool yeah. essentially to rank people and based on your yeah. kind of how you play, it goes into this U- UTR system. Yeah. The ranking um, has been around for a while. Great. So yeah. and it's actually very cool because as you know, I mean, I, I play golf and for all the golfers out there listening, the great thing about the golf handicapping system is that you can pitch up anywhere in the world and you say, "Okay, my handicap index is, you know, 12.3." And if you play against someone who's sixteen point seven, well, you know he's going to give you about four four shots, and it's 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 you it's understood exactly. You know he knows my level, I know his level. We can play a game, and you know the 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 so called worst player could could beat the better player with the handicapping system. With the tennis, you've got this point That's system, right. this ranking system from one to sixteen, and you know where you stand uh, compared to any tennis player in the world. You could be a six year old yeah. or a sixty six yeah. year old. You get this ranking. You can play in club tournaments. You can play in local tournaments, or, or even yeah. Djokovic, right? Or even jo- jo- Djokovic. Going to the top. And, and interestingly enough, actually, um, Djokovic and Larry Ellison of uh, Oracle are uh, listed on the website as their major investors. Nice. They're getting many more. They have some. They have some tremendous partners. They have some tremendous partners. 
It is yeah. interesting. It is interesting. Well, let me wrap this up with uh, with with my one loss. Uh, my one loss for this week is uh, Tom Brady's company TB12 uh, getting nearly one million dollars in uh, PPP loan. I I don't get it. You know, I'm a, I'm a small business owner. Um, I'd I'd rather that this fund of money went to somebody that you know needed it. Maybe they needed it, but here's a guy who's worth two hundred million dollars. To me personally, this is a loss, and I uh, look at it more as uh, as sort of them kind of basically saying they're handing them money. Let's take it because we can, rather than do they do they do they really need it? So mm. that's it. That's it for me. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably give that a loss. I'd have to give that one a loss. We don't we don't know the detail behind it, right? Yeah, we don't know what happened. Wait, we, we don't know the details. I don't yeah. think we ever will. But it 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 just sort of it just sort of strikes me as something that's unnecessary. Yeah. Why would he associate his name with with the PPP when everybody knows he's, you know, he's ultra high net worth? Yep. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So that's it for our wins and losses. Uh, We're going to take a little break. When we come back, we're going to chat about streaming sports and uh, the possible breakup of the NCAA, although still in recommendation phase. And um, we'll come back. See you in a bit. We are having a blast crafting this show and are so grateful for our listeners that tune in each and every week. We aim to bring you interesting stories, opinions, and yes, sometimes a hot take or two as we analyze and discuss the business angles to the dynamic global sports scene. Just like any team sport, we could use an assist or two in helping us get out our show to more listeners. I bet you didn't know that we have listeners in 27 states. That's a great start, but we know there's more out there that would dig our show. So if you don't mind, drop us a dime and pass us along to your neighbor, Fantasy Sports League, or that weekend warrior buddy of yours that never misses a 5K. And make sure you have subscribed too, so that you never miss a show. We appreciate you. Keep on listening, send us some feedback, and stay on point, my friends. Okay, we're back for our top stories. We've got a couple of them as Vlad just introed for you. I'm going to kick us off with a talk about streaming sports. And uh, a few shows back, as we've done a couple times, we're talking through show, uh, talking through topics across a couple shows as the topics kind of emerge and unravel for us. A few shows back, we started talking about disintermediation, some different things happening in Europe, Amazon getting involved. Um, but we want to refresh that a little bit here. Uh, with some some new data that's come in, and so so gents, I'm going to talk us through a little bit of what's happening with uh, with the NFL as a trigger point, um, and we'll just pull through a couple different moving parts. So, okay. one of the things that's happening is when you look at streaming. Uh, results after a ball game. Um, you see like like Amazon um, co-broadcasts a Thursday night game. And that co-broadcast is an interesting name because the game will be on Amazon Prime in the NFL, that Thursday night game, and then it's also on Fox or it's also on CBS or one of the legacy networks. And so what ends up happening is that the the like Amazon numbers tend to be incredibly low. And this has happened for about this last decade where those streaming numbers are, 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 have been just super small. Um, but I want to hypothesize around why that's true, but let's talk about what's coming. So I, we all believe streaming is going to be part of the new normal and that you're going to be going to get games through this and maybe even pay-per-view at some point. Yeah. But NFL's got an upcoming game that's going to be Amazon only. So that's going to be Prime and Twitch right after Christmas, Cardinals, Niners. Then you got a playoff game that's going to be uh, streamed. They haven't done playoffs on a streaming before. That's going to be NBC's Peacock. And I, I think one of the things I've read is that that's happening is that it's this is a major like, switching cost for anybody that's used to watching on their legacy platforms to move over to a streaming platform. The big that's a big movement. 
So while it it's still yeah. on your legacy space, your incentives to switch aren't very high. But this post-Christmas game, guys, I think it's going to be really fun to see what happens because it's Amazon only. And it's Cardinals, Niners who are both in the playoff hunt. And, and so we'll see what those numbers turn out to be uh, is one thing. But second thing is, I'm sure you guys have watched a game maybe on streaming. And I'd have to put it out there, folks. It's awful. It's awful. <laughs> I'm trying to get the game like our why, legacy why experience. Because for one, one, one I've had for awful yeah. for me is I get Peacock through my Comcast yeah. platform. And when I try to load up the channel, it's over a minute okay. to load it. I mean, you change channels on cable, it changes instantly. So over a right. minute to load it. I can't DVR it. I can't yeah. pause it. And I can't switch from one game to the other. Peacock's put all of their Premier League games, other than their main game, onto Pe- on all the games NBC that are on there this, this to, fall to Peacock, now. Right. Exactly. So you get your main game of the week on NBC and all the rest of the Premier right. Leagues on Peacock. And if I want to switch between games, which there's a common yep. lot of games, my load time between switches is like a minute or two. Really? It's that's just very that's crazy. That is long. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I think that's also a function of uh, you know how fast people's wireless connections or wired connections are in their homes as well. I mean, that, that could be another part of it, right? That they're, you know, I wonder what happens on the, on, on the back end. I mean, they're running it through an app, right? Versus through the, through the stream of your, of your TV, if you're getting the, you know, cable and internet through the, through the same, you know, well, pipe, if you will. Yeah. There's a couple yeah, hops along the yeah. way. It's just I mean, not th- great. There's different ways, there's different ways of getting it. If you've got like an, if you got, a, if you got a fire stick that goes straight into your TV. So in theory, that, sure. that that's one hop less. I do get your point though. That there is some bandwidth issues that will 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 degrade the experience. Yeah, and 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 I'm not saying and I'm not saying this is you know the fault of the of the you know viewer. All I'm saying is you know whoever sort of pushing for some of these platforms needs to be aware that this is this is still a pretty pretty big thing, right? Uh, the the Amazon thing is interesting to me. One, Amazon's going to be all over your inbox with your you know returns and your buys and your whatever you're doing you know during this you know horrible time that everybody's at home. And you're ordering everything sort of via via Amazon, so you're, so you're going to get an extra exposure, I think, in general. But I do wonder, sort of, you know, how quickly this is this is going to happen and evolve. And uh, we've talked about this a little bit in terms of uh, other other companies sort of trying to get in and jump in and 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 show some of this content. And 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 I think the big question is, are they doing it because they want to be content providers, or are they doing it because they're trying to? you know, sell you their other services for which they're better known for, right? So, you know, Amazon, for instance, just wants to engage with you further with Alexa, right? And Amazon Prime and, you know, that kind of thing, right? You know, versus they want to be in the business of, you know, providing content. I, I you know, I'm sure they know all the numbers in the, in the back, right? In terms of how much engagement equals in terms of how much more of, you know, diapers mm-hmm. they sell, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's got to be one of, one of these big, Considerations. What do you think, Mike? Well, that's an interesting hypothesis. So you're suggesting that Amazon's getting into NFL broadcasting to get over to sell more retail or other digital services. I, that's that 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 could be. And we know, like Fox and CBS, they're doing all this so they can gr- drive more ad revenue, right? So that's that's their game they've been in for decades. So yeah, I I, I wonder if that becomes more prominent here, Vlad, for us. Well, I think well, I I want to I want to take a little stab at that. I do believe that. Um, I mean, this is my view. Listen, there's ad revenue everywhere, okay? Uh, Amazon is also in the ad game. When you are a third, yes, third are. party seller on Amazon, you know, uh, and I've tried this a little bit back in the day, there's a huge advertising revenue uh, play for them. You know, you have to pay to get the top three, four, five sponsored 
listings when someone does a search, right? So if you want your product to come up, yeah, there, they're they're the third the third largest yeah, advertising it's, network it's now three, behind Google right? and Facebook. So what is it? If, yeah. uh, fa uh, Google, Facebook, and then Amazon. Uh, Google and Facebook, and then them. Yeah, right. That's right. So I think so I, now you're saying they're more like the legacy networks. Well, I, no, I I think there's an element of ad driven revenue i watched a premier league game two nights ago um as you know i, I always watch liverpool this week all the all the premier league games are on amazon prime here in the uk right okay december is always okay. amazon prime two weeks the matches are on so okay i have i have the prime video app and i'm able to to use chromecast to cast it to cast it to my tv but as soon as halftime came there was regular ads just like you're watching regular tv you know, I actually, I actually, you know, had to had to just get my head around the fact that I was watching, you know, uh, a channel presented by a, a consumer products retailer. But I think Vlad, you're absolutely right. They have unlimited opportunities now to engage with the viewer and sell them all kinds of stuff. I mean, if if you're watching the NFL, you know, maybe you want to buy the latest uh, Cooper Cup jersey, right? Bingo. Yeah. So Bingo. That, what I meant by that also is they so so they just. Or, or it was announced. I don't know if they announced it, but it was announced that they just purchased Wondery, which is a uh, which is a uh, podcast yes, platform. Right. Also, right. That. So, they're they're kind of going more into into ways how to engage with you deeper, right? So, the more you watch, the more you listen, the more you're kind of on their website. You know, the more if they're a third largest, you know, advertising platform, right? That means they can now promote other stuff. And so this becomes a way for them to, you know, just increase that engagement. And like I said, somebody in Seattle, you know, knows exactly what a minute of additional engagement translates into into financial yep. terms, right? And how much it's worth to them to pay for that extra minute of engagement, right? And so that's 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 where that's where my kind of point of view is is coming. And so so then in that case, if that's the case, you know, Companies like that are going to look for more content, and they're going to assign something called, you know, the NPS or the Net Promoter Score to to each one of these bits of content, right, or units of content. Because then, the higher the score, that means the more they're engaging with you. The more, that means the more it's worth to them, right? Yeah. And and so I'm I'm just you know I'm just making making an assumption here. This is this is what's driving those you know streaming wars also right yeah i think one other angle is we're on the leading edge of as we've talked with about gen z and gen z consumes sports in a different way and so gen Very z much so. gen yep. z loves twitch you know they're they're all over twitch and watching all the different gaming things happening on amazon i think this is a leading edge play by an amazon or companies like this to get viewers onto newer platforms ultimately you have to go where the eyeballs are right you have to push your revenue generation where 100%. the eyeballs are and the yep. eyeballs are on PCs, laptops, iPads, phones. They're no longer on the old school TV. They're just not there anymore. So this this just it seems a natural play for a digital oriented tech company to be making. They're all making it. It's just Amazon with the big brand yeah. they're ahead of the game. There we go. I have I have one example here from uh, from a friend of mine who works in the toy industry and you know one of the things that he told told me once is the the dirty little secret in the toy industry when you watch those TV shows like you know Sesame Street and you know others the uh, characters that are more on the TV or in the show are the ones that are selling more. Sure. And this and, and this just goes back to to this whole thing, right? So they're going to be looking for 
you know, the sports and the games and, you know, everything that, that increases sort of their ability to promote other stuff to you, essentially, right? So, you know, I'm not necessarily saying this is a bad thing. I think we have a little bit of a demographic shift here also. Technology is evolving in general. And I just think that we're going to see more of this happening, which, by the way, then means we're going to probably see uh, a lot more strain on in-person viewing, right? And I and I wonder if this is going to, you know, drop. This might impact negatively, you know, the revenue coming from uh, live live events, there right? We go. Well, they're going to have to counter that by making the in in stadium experience that much more interesting. Yep. Yeah. Well, there's plenty of that on 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 the books too. Well, that's cool, gents. Uh, that that was my that was my opener in the top stories. I think Vlad. I think you've got us on our our second top story here for us. Yeah, so last week when we were kind of going through some of the revenue challenges of uh, the professional and college sports, one of the things that I sort of threw out there without actually, you know, reading about the Knight Commission and what what they're doing is that, uh, you know, I basically said, I'm curious to see if the NCAA is going to be the way it is and if it's going to, you know, be eventually, you know, broken up because of the impact on COVID on, on you know, revenue overall and what what that does with the, with, with the teams. Well, Turns out the Knight Commission, which is actually a project by the Knight Foundation, this is a public policy group uh, with with a focus on promoting journalism, arts, and sort of other lo- local issues. One of the projects that they're doing is called the Knight Commission on Intercollegiate Athletics, and they've been around since the late '80s. Right. Various sort of former athletes, coaches, uh, athletic directors are kind of part of it. Mm-hmm. And what they do is they they look at sort of some difficult problems around you know in, inter intercollegiate sports and and they make some recommendations right do they have any official sorry Vlad do they have any official affiliation with the NCAA or are they completely separate no and that, and that's a very good question actually so so they are they are not they are not in in any way you know you know this is not like when the government you know does like a you know here senator x y and z and then go research something and then bring us a report yep. back you know th- th- this is this is not like that yep. type of commission this is an independent body and what they do is they right. make recommendations and then out of those recommendations athletic directors and others kind of you know leading leading voices in the intercollegiate sort of sports world then take that and you know you use it as maybe you know policy and and they've actually affected change i mean they've been one of the early you know proponents of uh, name image and you know likeness but they have come out literally over the last yeah. couple of weeks with a recommendation that the football schools should consider breaking off from the NCAA and forming something that they termed as National College Football Association. This is not an official name. They just sort of came up with that name and basically said it could be called this, right? And what they're saying is, look, the NCAA doesn't really control NCAA football. All the sort of, you know, TV rights and all of this other stuff is managed by, by these schools on their own. The only, I think, revenue that they gain uh, from NCAA football is is on some ticket sales, maybe during playoffs, if I'm not mistaken. Michael, you you might know more about this, but they do set rules, right? And so and so the Knight Commission basically said it it, it makes no sense. They're, they're setting the rules, but they don't have any sort of you know financial benefit from 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 anything kind of evolving and changing or happening and the, the other thing was um, all of the sort of other NCAA schools who do not who are not part of this football playoff you know group which which is basically the you know top 5 football con- con- conferences 
are also saying, you know, in inordinate amount of power is given to these schools because they bring so much revenue to, you know, the entire yeah. system that they, they, they right. don't have a voice. So they're yeah. basically saying this this might be a good time to break it off from from the NCAA. Right. You know, gentlemen, I'd, I'd love to hear your your thoughts on this. Yeah, I, I got to say, when I saw this this week, I was a little bit stunned. And I wonder if it was kind of a news leak from somebody <laughs> that had uh, maybe a different <laughs> well, well, it's on their website. They, they actually oh, published they, the I'm, report. It's a big and, report. And I'm more stunned and everything. I'm more yeah. stunned then because this seems like it would be something that would be leaked uh, because it's such a major recommendation to break away from yeah. the, the the rest of the, the NCAA structure. I mean, that's just enormous. So that's first reaction is like, wow, we, we've kind of all talked about this a little bit over a beer here or there. It's like, man, what are the footballs going to do? It's just so different from the rest of all sports um, through, through 20 different factors. So that one, I was stunned. But then two... I, I was kind of trying to think aloud, but so many of these schools are power football. And and Mike, were were you stunned? Were you stunned because somebody was actually proposing this, or or were you stunned because you thought this was a bad idea? Stunned that it was being proposed because it it means the money's going to go into different camps, and and this led me to my next thought: is like if you're a power athletic director at Ohio State, Michigan, wherever else, and yep. your football breaks away from the rest of your program, that football number is so big. What's the what's the, the, the business model around running football by itself and then the rest with the rest of your monies? And because we as we've talked week over week, football has been funding at the major places, football funds so much of the rest yeah. of the operation. Do you think those monies would have to be ring fenced because it's now because now that school or that program is now part of a different, larger body. It's no longer part of this. I think same. that's the idea. But, but schools would like this, right? I think Michigan and Ohio State and Washington University, I mean, they, they would be for this, I would argue, correct? I think the athletic director and the football part of the athletic department would like this. Yeah. I'm not so sure the rest, the leftovers, the non-revenues are going to like this because as you see maybe a parting of the seas here, you, I think you're going to, we see this coming probably anyway, as COVID's accelerating, that the rest of the sports are going to have a new operating model, maybe anyway. Yeah. So maybe this just is the next step and football stands alone. Uh, the big power schools do it by themselves. And then the rest of the sports have their own model. Yeah. My observation on this is, uh, you know, I remember year, years ago, one of my former coaches was, you know, telling me about a, you know, breakup of an agency uh, back, back in the day in the in the in the 90s I think where maybe when IMG sort of you know separated from whoever they were they were part of and and he you know my my old coach was 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 an attorney also he he knew this you know space really well and he basically said yeah this this usually happens when there's too much money yeah. and 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 I think what the night commission is just sort of shedding a light on quite honestly is just the obvious I don't think they're kind of proposing anything that's radical they're just sort of saying, "Look, guys, there's these five conferences, and by the way, these conferences, I, I, the the Knight Commission actually has a breakdown of some of their, you know, revenue. I, it's it's not super up to speed, but I think the the last year is uh, 2018, and it's you know, I think like the SEC makes something like 1.9 billion dollars, uh, Big Ten makes like 1.8 billion dollars a year in revenue." 
right? Uh, I think Michigan alone is like a two hundred million dollar school, right? Yeah, In terms of right. total total revenue, right. it's just so much money. And then you you can't put them in the same bucket as like I don't know, Coastal Carolina. Well, Coastal Carolina, right? Or 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 any school or, like that, right? Yeah, Iona or somebody State. like that that you know just has one or two. Well, sports, I would ask, right? I wanna, yeah, go, so ahead, I think, go ahead, go ahead. I think this is obvious, to be honest with you. I mean, right? I think this is happening already, right? And maybe we need to just look at it from a slightly different angle. Mike, you're the football guy. Isn't it really the Power Five and everyone else? Because there's 130 teams, 130 programs in this uh, FBS, okay? But I think 80% plus revenues are generated by the Power Five. Conferences. You're you're right. With this is happening already. I I agree with you. So so this is this is happening now anyway. And I think probably the Knight Commission has said, well, why should the Michigans of this world be playing by the same rules, you know, as North Dakota State, where the programs are just you know completely, you know, chalk and cheese, as we say here in the UK, different different sizes. David and Goliath. I think you've got I think you've got it that this is already happening. But what makes it so different right now to me is that. Now it comes down to what happens on an individual campus. So what does Ohio State do? What does Michigan do? What does Alabama do when now they put up, as you said, like a ring fence around the football yeah. revenues? And what are what are the revenue share rules? Does, does it mean football gets any dollar they generate and the rest of the sports and school have to figure out their own? I don't know. And maybe different places will run it as they see fit. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Or I mean and, and nothing nothing prevents them from, you know, sharing that revenue internally sure. to other sports as well. well right. Sure. I mean, well, you know, it's something can... might because the basketball is going to be governed by NCAA rules, right? And if there's this whole breakaway and this is going to be FBS and they have their own set of rules, NCAA goes, hang on a minute, you cannot take money from from your football program because because we've got nothing to do with that football they program might say now. That. I don't know if that helps the smaller schools, the non-football schools, because they now have a bigger voice, you know, in, in how things are, are organized, what the rules yeah. are. So maybe that's a win for these non-football programs uh, because all of a sudden that playing field is a little bit more level but there's so many questions to be answered right it's just just on on who get where where how do you allocate the money yeah i i think i think the biggest issue here uh, we've identified which is how does a school internally figure this this out i think to the ncaa anyway and and this was highlighted by the Knight Commission, they basically said, look, almost all of the money that the NCAA generates comes from basketball, right? So just organize it around basketball yeah. anyway. Why are you, uh, you know, a, a, assuming, you know, uh, jurisdiction over another sport that sort of brings you really, you know, zero revenue? And and of course, guess what? The NCAA is uh, totally against yeah, well, this <laughs> and said this is the exactly wrong thing to do. Uh, they had a press conference earlier this week also uh, on the heels of this announcement. And you know, basically, they're they're going to be fighting this tooth and nail. It'll be an interesting. It'll be an interesting thing to watch. But I think I think it will be happening. I I think some kind of a fissure here uh, will be will be happening before. It's going to be it. the Power Five versus the NCAA. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. Cool. Very nice, Vlad. Thank you. All right. Anand, you have our come on man for the week. I have the come on man for the week, and it's really short and sweet. You know, I'm going to just say it. Say it as it is, okay? <laughs> if you didn't know, this week All for right. uh, Paris 2024, the Olympic Games, breakdancing is now an Olympic sport. 
<laughs> now, if we had video here, I would, put the old, I would put the old quote, quotation marks up there in the air, but breakdancing is an Olympic sport. Now, I liked Ollie and Jerry. I liked Boogaloo Shrimp, okay? I watched all those breakdancing movies. I thought I could be a great breakdancer, oh. but, but, but Breaking. I, just, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Breaking, that was one, you know, my favorite movie as a Now, now as is, a it, is it an actual Olympic sport, or no, is it one no. of these where, where they're, like, testing nah, it out? Just, it's, where, no, it's not an exhibition. It is, it is going to be an Olympic sport. This is it. So medal wow. ceremony. This is it. Yep. National rankings, anthem. You know. I just so, wonder what so, the uniform. Uh, so on. this is what the uniforms are going to be like. This is your come on, man. This is you're you're not excited about this. This yeah, is your come, come on, on, man. Right? You know, you know. Okay, excuse me for uh, being in my late forties, but breakdancing is not a sport, man. That's all I have to say. Squash has been trying to pick, <laughs> not that I care too much about squash, but squash is played by like you know 150 countries around the world, and they've been they've right. been lobbying for like. Thirty years to be an Olympic sport, and and they have they're, they have they're not still a look not an Olympic sport. Wow, no, not an Olympic sport. But I just but, say, but, come on, come on, man. I just oh say, come my on. God, wow. <laughs> get your cardboard out. That's it. Get your, get your cardboard, cardboard and your out. Get your... out. I'm ready. <laughs> there yeah. you go. Branding, branding opportunities here. Selling, selling the different cardboards, the different <laughs> materials. You know, that make you spin faster. Get your right. cardboard yes. ready. Spinning on top of your flag I think Amazon logo. Will get on the action. That's right. On top hey, of the Amazon's going to get in on Curry, this. Curry and Jumpman. Yeah. Curry and Jumpman are going to be two brands that are all over this, I think, too. So could be, dance could be good timing. It's, it's going to be, be good timing. by Amazon because what do we do with all those good Amazon on, on. cardboard packaging, right? So. Oh, <laughs> yeah, there well you go. done. You well go. said. Tie it back out. There That's all we got go. for this week, folks. All right, gentlemen. That's our week. Thank you for listening. If you like what we have to say, please hit subscribe. Tell your friends, tell your family. And if you have any comments and feedback, please send us back a note. We'd love to hear back from you and see how we can be more on point. Anand, Mike, good game. Great game. Great game. game. See you you next next week. week. Bye-bye. Cheers.